We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Yes. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another Wednesday night edition of Twitter Spaces. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my guy, as always, Pierre. Pierre, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, bro. Finally get to talk some Lions football. Legitimate Lions Feels football. Like... Like, like, we're actually talking real yeah. stuff. There's no more of this hypothetical bullshit no more. You know, we're not talking about <laughs> Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, being a free agent next year and, like, whatnot. Like, we're talking legitimate football right now. So, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk some real football today. Yeah, me too. Um, you want to go over some updates, some injury stuff? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so today was the first official day of training camp. You got the veterans, you got the rookies, you got everyone there. So uh, Dan Campbell had his first meeting with the media, and he updated basically you know, who's going to be out, who's going to be playing and whatnot. So uh, to start it off, let's start off with the Lions official announcement that they announced this morning. Fullback Jason Cabinda is going to be going on the pup list. CJ Moore is going on NFI, which is the non-football injury list. And then they placed uh, offensive tackle Dan Skipper on the active non-football illness list. Uh, Romeo Cuaro, if you guys remember, he tore his Ach- uh, ruptured his Achilles week four, I believe, last year. And he's still progressing. So he's going to, I believe, start the season on – or training camp on Pup. So it's going to be interesting to see if he will be ready for day one. Obviously, we still got some time before that. But he is progressing, according to Dan Campbell. Um, rookie Josh Pascal, second-round pick is dealing with a sports hernia. He had a surgery on it, so he's on the pup list as well. So it's going to be interesting to see when his uh, expected timeline is to come back. And I think that's pretty much it. Am I missing anyone else? Yeah, you forgot about Jerry Jacobs and Jamison Williams. Oh, JMO. Okay, that was pretty much expected. But w- JMO and Natris Patrick are an NFI. Okay, well, there you go. That's uh, 
That's some of the updates that is uh, going on with the Lions right now. So, I mean, right now it looks like the defensive line is a little thin. I mean, with Romeo still not fully ready and Josh Pascal having the sports hernia injury. So you, you got that. Um, and the Lions also signed a former Pittsburgh Steeler defensive lineman, Isaiah Bugg. So, you know, there's some depth to go there as well with the uh, the injuries going on with the with the D-line right now. Yeah. Also, uh, the Lions officially listed Will Harris as a cornerback and he, if he as a safety. So it seems like those two guys switched positions. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I thought Will Harris is a much better corner. I think I thought he was lost at safety. Mm-hmm. And then if he, I mean, when they drafted him, Brad Holmes did say they view him as a corner, but they're like kind of light at safety. So I could see why they're trying to mess up. He has the length. He has the size. He could also um, match up with these bigger tight ends, right? He's a bigger safety. Um, he could roam the field as well. He could play deep. So I like that move. Because they're kind of deep at court. They are. I mean, we've always talked about it. Like, they have a lot of guys there right now. It's going to be really difficult to put a spot for if he, you know, to get him on the field as as far as a corner. And the safety depth, I mean, they didn't really do too much in the offseason to address the position. Like, yes, they got the Tracy Walker deal done. He's now on under contract for three more years. Uh, they brought in Deshaun Elliott later into the offseason. Uh, they drafted Kirby in the third round this year. But other than that, they didn't really do much to address the position. And, you know, it took them a minute to address the position because when free agency first got going in, you know, middle of March, all they did was uh, re-sign Tracy Walker. And then, you know, they didn't really address the, the position more after that. I mean, they waited, I think, until early May to get Deshaun Elliott. It was late April, something around that time. And then obviously in the draft in late April, they got uh, Kirby Joseph on day two. And, we don't know what necessarily his role is going to be day one. I mean, necessarily DBs don't start day one, especially if you're a third-round pick. So I wouldn't expect that with Kirby. So, And then with Kirby also, you have to remember, he's kind of raw. He played safety last year, but before that he was a wide receiver. And then uh, Deshaun Elliott, could he play 17 games? He's had injury yep. issues in Baltimore. I believe he missed more time than he's played in Baltimore. Yeah. So. Um, you can't really count necessarily on those two guys to start 17 games. So then you enter Iffy in, second-year player, learning a new position. It'll be interesting. I still think – I wouldn't be shocked if they add another safety via waivers or trade or something. They're still kind of late there. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of transactions starting now all the way throughout the preseason process just because – I mean, there's going to be injuries throughout the process, especially when they get the pads on. Um, you know, you obviously can't speculate who's going to be getting hurt or whatnot, but they're going to happen eventually during this process as camp gets going and the pads come on. So, you know, they're going to be adding guys left and right. And I haven't looked at the market recently, so I don't know who's out there. I don't know if there's any guys that would intrigue the lines right now, but, you know, maybe like you said, a trade could potentially happen as well. So, all yeah. right, let's talk about some competitions that, you are looking forward to as we get going into camp. What's like one position you're looking forward to as we, you know, get going? Um, wide receiver five. You got Quintus Sevis coming back, Trinity Benson, uh, the kid, the undrafted kid. I don't, I don't think he'll make it, but he had a good mini camp. Uh, Khalil Pendleton, Samuel? I think is his Samuel? name. Yeah. yeah. So 
bad. And then also the tight end. It looks like James Mitchell was cleared to play, which is great news. Um, the, is he tight end two? Is Brock Wright tight end two? Is Gary Griffin tight end two? Those are the two matchups I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, For me, it's I'm looking more on the defense side of the ball. I'm looking at the linebacker position because I think there's a lot of uncertainty there. I think the only one I'm really confident that I think will be a starter day one, assuming he's healthy and you know no injuries happen throughout the training camp or preseason, I think Alex Anzalone right now is pretty much a lock to be a starter. I think there's a reason why they brought him back in the offseason. So I'm pretty much penciling him, him to be a starter going into week one. But then after that, you know, you don't have Jalen Rees-Maven anymore. He walked. He went to Houston. And, you know, you have a lot of uncertainty who's going to be starting again alongside Alex Angeloni. Is it going to be the fourth-round pick from last year, Derek Barnes? Is it going to be Chris Board, who they brought in from Baltimore this offseason? Um, Josh Woods was a guy they started sometimes last year. They brought him back. Um they brought back Jared Davis. This is a you know different coaching staff. So what's the role for a guy like Jared? You know, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. And I even mentioned the guy they drafted this year, Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, I don't necessarily expect him to start day one. You would have to do something, you know, significant in training game in preseason to to get that job right away. But I think there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of open competition for that that linebacker alongside Alex Anzalone. Yeah. That's gonna be interesting. Um, who's like who's the guy you think would be the the, the penciled starter, if you had to guess right now. If I had to guess right now, I think it's Anzalone and Board. Yeah. But I think they're going to try to get Barnes um, try to get Barnes on the field as well, like in certain packages maybe. You don't, you don't want him to cover because he was awful in coverage last year. But you bring in Board, who was good in coverage. Mm-hmm. So like their two weaknesses kind of offset each other. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because Derek Barnes, obviously, he was phenomenal last year when we watched him in the preseason games. And, you know, once the regular season got going, you know, he was up and down, showed some flashes of being a good player, was down at some points during the season as well. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what the plan is for a guy like Derek Barnes. Do they think they, that he could be a day one starter? I mean, the way I looked at Chris Board is I think he was Baltimore's, you know, version of Jalen Rees-Maben for with the Lions head, you know, a guy that's really good on special teams, a guy that could start defensively. And I think that's why Chris Board, you know, chose to come to Detroit just so he can get that opportunity to maybe have more of a defensive role than he wouldn't have gotten in Baltimore. Yeah, and I have like I don't want to necessarily call it a bold prediction, but I don't think Josh Woods is going to make the roster. I mean, yeah, that's not really a bold prediction at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an early prediction, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it. it was all right for this team last year. Um, you know, it was okay, but just I think Malcolm Rodriguez, they draft him, they're going to keep him. They're not going to go to Barnes. Yeah. Uh, Dan Campbell spoke highly of Jared Davis last mm-hmm. year. Obviously, they brought Anzalone back. They brung, they signed board. It's, it's crowded. Yeah, and they have another guy that. We, I mean, it was before Pads came on last year, but Sean Dion Hamilton, he was a guy that kind of was getting some hype. Around, I don't know from the Lions coaching staff by particular, but the media was kind of giving him some hype during those practices in camp last year. And then he suffered an injury. He's still on this team. Not saying that he's, you know, bound to make the 53 right now, but, you know, just another name. They kept him around. He's going to get another opportunity this year. Right. So, yeah, like you said, it is a clutter linebacker room right now, but. I wouldn't count out Joshua's because I don't think outside of Anzalone and Barnes and, and probably Malcolm Rodriguez, I think you can make the argument that everyone else is, 
you know, not secure. I think Chris Board has a good shot at making the team, but like, I think you can make an argument that there's not a lot of security at that linebacker position right now for a lot of those guys. Yeah, it's wide open. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to watching these linebackers as we as we get going to see who's going to be starting uh, alongside um, Alex Anzalone, who we're just kind of assuming that's going to be the starter. I think safety. I think that's pretty much. Are we just expecting Tracy and, and Elliot to be the starters day one? I think so. Yeah, unless like bearing a trade or something happening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's go on to the next topic and. Still focusing not on position groups and more focusing on players in particular. Uh, let's start off with the offense side of the ball. Who is one player offensively you're looking forward to, you know, getting an extra eye out on training camp this, this year? Jared Goff. Okay. Year two in Ben Johnson's system. You have a healthy offense other than pretty much J-Mo. Um, there's no excuses this year for him. They, they brung in Chark. Hoxton is healthy. Swift is healthy. The backs are healthy. The O-line's healthy. I want to see Goff improve. Um, last year, he was good towards the end of the year. But I want to see him take that next step if he could. Yeah. There's no more excuses for him. This is a make or break year for him. He either gets extended or he gets traded or yeah. cut. We've talked. Like, there's no. Yeah, we've talked about this all offseason. It's like there is no in between with Jared Goff. Um, it's either he's going to be the guy or he's not going to be the guy. And they're going to have to make that decision at the end of the season. And yeah, there is no excuses. I mean, Last year, you can make the excuses that he didn't have weapons around him. He's coming to a brand-new team, brand-new system, uh, and all that, right? But now, this is pretty much the same offense he got last year, and all they did was add pieces. They brought back pretty much everyone they had already, and they just added from what they had. And like you said, the familiarity now with the offensive play calling now, I mean, it's going to be one of Dan Campbell or Ben Johnson, which he by now is very familiar with. We saw – you know, him get better towards the end of the season, especially down the stretch in December when, when they won three games. So how is that going to carry over into this season with this, you know, core players? So, yeah, I mean, it is a make or break here for Jared Goff. Like you said, there's no excuses. He's got the offensive line in place. Uh, he's got some good skill players uh, in place for him as well. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think I, I've said this. I think you've said this too. You agree with me that. We're going to see a lot more confident Jared Goff, but is that version of Jared Goff going to be good enough to be the quarterback past 2022? And I just don't know what the answer to that question is right now. I don't know what that is. We'll yeah, see. that's something that we're going to have to wait and see for. But I think the thing that like, can, I'm looking for is like, can, can he, if there's a shootout, like say Buffalo on Thanksgiving, right? Say Buffalo's airing it out. Could Goff, could Goff do that? Could, could he like be in a shootout? Say you're down like 14 in the fourth quarter. Could Goff bring you back, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's what you want to see in your franchise quarterback. You want to see him take command of the offense. Yeah, no, I, I think everyone could agree with. I don't not to say everybody because a lot of people hate Jared Goff. Like like they can't even like appreciate like anything of his game. I I think a lot of people could rationalize and say that Jared Goff is a guy that you could put in place, and if everything is perfect. Yeah, you could win some games. You could go to the playoffs with him. But what is the ceiling with that? I think what you're saying, what you're looking for in a franchise quarterback, that's something that we're going to have to wait and see for Jared Goff. Because, yeah, we've seen moments, not necessarily in Detroit, but we've seen moments of him in L.A. that he could win and he can be in these shootout type of games. But could he do it on a consistent level? Could he do it without everything being perfect? 
I don't think that that question's been answered yet. So we'll see. We'll see this year and, you know, what he can do with that situation. Right. And then on on defense, um, it's Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. Number three overall pick a couple years ago. Um, unfortunately, he's been dealing with injuries. First year was bad coaching. Second year, he had a good camp. First game gets torched by Debo. Debo is torching everyone, though, right? Um, then he gets hurt. Now he's been rehabbing his ass off. He's clear. He's clear to practice. Clear to play. I still think he could be a CB one um, in this league, but he has to show mm-hmm. it, right? Like he has to show it. Uh, coming back from Achilles injury is not easy. You lose athleticism stuff, but it seems like from the videos he posted, he's fine athletically. Like he's moving well. I believe the other day he posted him doing some vertical. Um, it was pretty impressive. Um, but with Okuda, he has to stay healthy 17 games, and he has to show that he's number one quarter. Because if he's not, his time is also taking two. This is going to be his third year. If he gets hurt this year, we'll even be on the team next year. So he also has to show that he could be a CB1 or CB2 in this league or whatever it is. He just needs to be healthy and play yeah, well. The thing with Jeff, I think that's kind of unfair. Um, obviously, your availability is the most important aspect because if you're not playing, this is all useless, right? Um, and that, that's just been Jeff Okuda's story so far in, in his short NFL career. His first two years of his career just hasn't been able to um, you know, be healthy. But I think the unfair thing about Jeff that he's getting around is the narrative that he's not a good football player. I, I just think that's really unfair to say right now because we haven't seen Jeff Okuda enough to even say that opinion yet. Like year one, like you said, I like take that all away. Like, I, I, I canceled that out just because of the system that he was in. I, I think it's totally unfair. I mean, he was with Matt Patricia in that cover one defense, and it was it was just set up for him to fail. Like, that that was a, a defense for, set up for him to fail and for a lot of different guys to set up to fail. So I was looking forward to last year. What is Jeff Okuda going to do in a different system now? And how is he going to progress? We got that robbed from us because he got – hurt week one and the very very small sample size that we saw from him you know it wasn't great but like it was one game so like I don't think that's very fair to judge judge him for that so I can't say Jeff Okuda is a good football player I can't say he's not a good football player uh first thing he's got to show he's got to stay healthy like like that that's just the most important thing like he can't suffer another big injury and obviously that's not controllable but like that's just one thing that cannot happen with Jeff Okuda this year he can't suffer another big injury. He can't miss multiple weeks in 2022. Um, but as far as the football player, I still think there is a good football player in Jeff Okuda. We just haven't seen it yet just because, first, you know, he hasn't been available. And second, he was in a terrible system in his rookie season. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what Jeff could do. I think he is obviously the most intriguing player for you know, I would say 99% of the Lions fans are going to keep an extra eye out on Jeff Okuda if you are attending those camps, if you're watching those preseason games, and just throughout the whole regular season, you're going to keep an extra eye out for a guy like Jeff Okuda for sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to start bringing up people? Yeah, up? let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Uh, I think we talked about some guys that we're interested to watch out for. So, yeah, let's bring up some people. What you guys got? You guys could... Uh, Request. You guys could request to come up, ask questions.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, oh, there we go. Okay, requests are coming in. We're going to do one speaker at a time. Um, after Anonymous, I'll bring up Cross. After Cross, I'll bring up Jonathan. What's going on, Anonymous? Yo, what up, fellas? What's up, man? Man, it's been a long time. It's been a it's minute. It's been a long time. It's been I a haven't minute. been able to catch any of those 10 o'clock lives you guys been doing. Brother got to get to sleep. <laughs> but, uh... Yo, hey, just want to say what's up. I don't really have anything to say. I'm literally just getting home from work. So I haven't watched anything from training camp or read anything other than that sick catch that Cephas had. So, I mean, there's I'm not really excited. much right now. I mean, the pads aren't on right now. I think they'll, I think one of the pads coming on here Tuesday, Wednesday. Is that when the pads are coming on? I, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's like later this week or sometime next week. Yeah. So, I mean, right now it's just it, it, there's not really much to judge right now. I mean, you you kind of wait till the pads get on for yeah the critiquing to start. Yeah, yeah. I think Malcolm's not on. Malcolm? No, Malcolm. I'm just not with us. Yeah, Malcolm is busy tonight. But Damn. yeah, I mean, what you got? An ice cream truck, anonymous. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just getting out the car. Literally just parking and ice cream truck <laughs> in the neighborhood. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yo, hey, like I said, I don't really have anything to say. I just wanted to say what's up. And, okay. Uh, you know, one pride, go lines, all that. You know, mumbo jumbo. And, uh, yeah, can't wait for hard knots. Nice talking to you, Anonymous. I know right, you'll man. be uh, adding stuff sorry. throughout the season and once we get going some real content for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. All right, man. I appreciate you. Have a good night, brother. Yep, you too. See ya. Cross, what's going on, bro? Hey, how y'all doing? What's up, man? I just had a question. What are you guys' like expectations versus predictions for this year? It doesn't have to be team record. It could be like for a player, a coach, anything. Like, I just want to know what are you guys' expectations and versus predictions? All right. Um, expectations. I have a lot of them, but one, I don't want to see like rookie head coach mistakes from Dan Campbell. He had a little of those last year, but first year head coach. I want to see less mistakes. Um, another thing is I want to see player development as the year goes on. We saw that last year. 
but I want to see that this year, and I want to see more of it with the second-year guys. Like, I think Aleem McNeil could take that jump. Amon Ross St. Brown could take that jump. I think Sewell could be, like, an all-pro player. Um, and I think Levi, you know, he, he has to play more. He has to show why he was a second-round pick. And then with that, wins come, right? Seven to nine wins is my expectation and my prediction as well. Yeah. No, my, I would say my expectation is are very similar. Um, we, we recorded an episode last week, and mine was that I don't want to see Dan Campbell make those rookie mistakes as well. I want to see him progress as a coach. I would say to add on to Pierre's point was just be competitive in every game. Like, obviously this team is, you know, they're more talented than they were last year. But, you know, be competitive in – 16 out of the 17 games this year. I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Make it all 17 games for all I care. You know, like, just be competitive in all these games. Look like a real NFL team because there was points in 2021. Granted, that was talent and, you know, got a rookie head coach here. Um, I want to see them look like a real NFL team. And I think we saw that at the end of the year. They looked like a real NFL team, you know, towards those last couple games in December. But there was that stretch, you know, in, in mid-October to Thanksgiving where this team just – it was really bad. It was really bad. And it was getting concerning at one point, even though the talent wasn't there. It was getting concerning of how bad the product looked for the Detroit Lions. So just look like a competent team. Look like a good team that people could, uh, you know, ride, up, ride you with this, this year. So that's, I guess that's my expectation. Oh, all right. Thank you. Yep. All right. Next time I bring up Jonathan and the Nick. Um, hang on. Yes, we could. How's it going, bro? Hold on. My Bluetooth is acting up for some reason. Um, could you hear us? That's weird. Okay. Can um, you hear me? We can hear you, Jonathan. Yes. Could you hear us? Okay. Barely. Um, this is weird. Well, you figure that gonna out. I'm going to again, guys. I need to figure out what's going on with my Bluetooth. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Just request again, Jonathan. All right. I'm going to bring up uh, Nick. Yo, How's it yo, going, yo, what's up? What up, what up, what up, what up? Okay, I was having, <laughs> I was talking Lions with uh, with Tyler the other day, Pierre. Oh, who no. do you think, who do you think, <laughs> who do you think is going to make, um, like what fringe players do you think will make at, like the 53? Since we got like 90 dudes in camp right now, just to throw out some names, like guys like Khalil Pimpleton, you know. Like studs, studs on this roster that we got is UDFAs. Who do you think's making active roster? Like, like, like I think Khalil Pimpleton is making this roster. What's our, what's your take on that? Um, right now it's it's too early, but I don't think right now Khalil Pimpleton's making the roster. Oh my god, Pierre, why is Khalil me? Pimpleton not making this roster? Because they they paid Khalil uh, Raymond or Khalif Khalif. Raymond. Oh Khalif. my god, bro. They are you gonna, sit, you're gonna sit money. here and tell wow. me? You're, you're gonna sit here and tell me that boy Khalif is better than my boy, my boy 
Khalid, uh, freaking Pimpleton. That boy's a Moneyball sportswear athlete. I'm telling you guys, that guy's the truth. This guy, Tyler, is the biggest hater on my boy Khalil. No one's a hater, No bro. one's a uh, hater on Khalil Pimpleton. I it's just, it's just a stacked being room. being a practice guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, no, I'll tell you what, Nick, Nick. Uh, I'll tell you what, what, if Pimpleton makes the roster, I will Venmo you something and you get you lunch, all right? Bro, bro, please. I need my Pimpleton jersey if that happens. He's probably, <laughs> that boy, he's going to he's gonna become he's gonna become Jamal Agnew, and we're going to send him to some random random team, some random butt team. He's going to be some cracked tournament. But other than him, other than him, Deadass, who do you guys think? Do you, who do you think like is like is like a close cut on the roster? Do you guys like know anything like that? Because I haven't been keeping up with like the Lions. Were like, the undrafted guys? Decisions. Like undrafted guys are like late round picks. Like who do you think is gonna like um, like like, I like think, for uh, example, like that DB from Arizona State? I have not yeah, seen I think anything he's gonna about him. The roster. Chase Lucas. Gonna, yeah. What about that? What about that dude from um from um the HBCU? Is he supposed to make the team or no? James Mitchell. I think those guys will make the team just because they have a lot of specialties. Just, they had a lot of yeah, just because they got teams. drafted, yeah. And they had and they could. They're both um, like Lucas could play nickel outside, and he's he's a stud on special teams, right? And James Mitchell, same thing. He could play linebacker. He could play edge, and he could also contribute on special teams. When you could do all that, yeah. Um, Sorry, my bad. Go ahead. I make him the roster. Who do you think? Who do you think starting? Who do you think starting in our front seven? Like, like as far as linebackers go, you think it's Anzalone? Who do you think is going with them? Barnes? If I had to guess right now, I'd say Ford. Oh, that's what Tyler told me. I forgot about Ford. I don't. I don't know. Do you think they're going to start rotating that linebackers zone more this year, or do you think like do they any? Yeah. Do they have any updates on that? Because last nah. year it was literally the same two dudes all game. I think, like, based on personnel and what they want to do, I think they're going to like. Like, if it's coverage, board is in there, right? But if you want yeah. maybe to stop the run or maybe blitz, maybe Jerry Davis or Derek Barnes, like, those are fast dudes. They could disrupt the pocket through a blitz or something, right? You so, think Jerry Davis is going to make the 53? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know about that, bro. That guy, that guy cannot, that guy is just a defensive end. They should just move his ass over to defensive end. I don't even know why they call him a linebacker. He's going to play edge and linebacker. Yeah, I was about to say, he literally cannot cover anything. I got it. I, I got a. I got a under the radar name. A guy I've been knowing for a minute. Juju Hughes, safety from Fresno State. He uh, was under the Rams system for the last two years. I uh, was yeah. on the Rams P squad for the last couple of years. Uh, Lions brought him in in January on a futures yeah. contract. Safety room is pretty thin right now. I think it Juju is. could be. I think Juju could be a guy that could make the fifty three. Oh, I got something. I was looking at your guys' Twitter earlier today. Pierre, I saw you were you were interested in Jesse Bates. Or you would go after him? Why wouldn't you go after like one of the best safeties in the NFL? He's only twenty. That's true. I don't know. That's just rich. It's true, but it's just rich. You know what I'm saying? Bro, think this is thing the thing with Bates, with me, man. Like Bates is a dog. But this is the thing. You probably have to give up two ones, and you have to give make him the highest paid player in the league. So what, that's what I'm saying. Bro. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, and we saw what what happened with Seattle. They they did that. And look at look what happened. No, with no, that. don't compare Bates to Jamal Adams, bro. Two different players. That's facts. You're right. Jamal Adams is nothing compared to Bates. Yeah, I don't but, know. Is, but like we've talked about the significance of the safety position. That's what like, I'm just, saying. I don't did, know did, how important a safety is. No, they're important, but like, do you want to give up two ones for a safety? Like, that's what I'm saying. Know. I'm not. Yeah. I don't care about. I don't care about paying him. You can backload the deal, whatever. I'm not worried about giving the guy the bag. I don't know if I want to give up two first, especially when we have Jared Goofball as a quarterback. We're going to need those two first to move up in the first the, the next year to go replace his ass. So I don't know. What, what are we going to do then? 
Yeah, that's then we're gonna then we're gonna go deep rich. into the stash. I don't yeah, it's know. A bit, That'd be it's sick, a bit rich though. For I mean, if if you add if you add like a guy like Jesse Bates, what would you think your record would be like with him without him? Do you think he gets you like a whole game? Like you think you could go from I mean, like seven wins to eight wins with him? Bro, Jesse Bates is a playmaker. Like he's a yeah, dog. He's a stud. He's a he won him a couple a games leader. in the playoffs. Yeah, he he's a beast, bro. Um, I I don't know if he'll like he'll make your defense a lot better. He'll make your secondary better. You have Tra- then you'll have potentially Tracy and Jesse starting with Deshaun Elliott and Kirby Joseph rotating, right? Oh, I forgot about Kirby Joseph. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be a cool trade. I was just, I just saw it on your Twitter today. I was curious about because I was thinking back to Kyle Hamilton talks with the draft, and we're like, no, not at two. But then you're like two first for a safety. So it's just like, but it is a different guy. Like, you know, Jesse Bates is a guy. So I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I do it, but I see your point. I wouldn't trade two ones, but like if they want like a one or a three or like one and a four, uh, like he's not even on the block. I just said it because he's not showing up to camp. And then their yeah. owner said they can't pay everyone, right? So I think it's like. That dude's a cheap ass on the, on the what's it called? The owner of the yeah. Bengals is cheap ass, yeah. He is no team cheap. He has to pay Burrow and Chase and T. Higgins and all those guys coming up too. So yeah, those are gonna be crazy. We'll see. We'll see what they do, but um, I don't know, man. I mean, the best Bates is available. I always think like the GM should inquire whether a player is available or not, just to inquire. That's what smart GMs. Oh, are you? I mean, the yeah, Lions did it. The, the Lions even did it with Debo. We saw it during the draft. They almost had a draft like a you know a deal in place. I thought that would make more sense, honestly. Dude, I would have loved that. Are you kidding me? We got Debo. Uh, we yeah, I mean, in the playoffs this year. I think they ended up making it even a little better with the Jameson Williams trade because they got a guy that I think that could be really good in this league. Maybe not as good as Debo was last year, but like a guy that could be really good in this league, stretch out the offense. And um, yeah. you got him on a rookie contract too. That's true. I mean, I mean, you don't know if he's going to hit. I think he's going to hit, but you don't know if he's going to hit like Debo. You yeah. already know what he has, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I just think, I think as far as like the lions go, bro, I mean, this season is going to be like, we're going to be mid this year. We're going to be like six to eight wins anywhere, anywhere in that range. Next year we should be they we should be sick next year. That's that's what I'm excited for. Like not 2022 season, 2023 season we should be badass. That's as the long season as we that's, that's preparing for. That's the yeah, season they're preparing we for, you know. I know yeah. we gotta package those pigs. Give me give me my boy Stroud, even though I hate Ohio State. Give me my boy Stroud and take me take me to victory. Or my boy DC, if he ever wants to come over to Detroit. MC Here DC and and the, and the other DC. <laughs> But that's all I had, guys. All right. I'll talk to you guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Going on, bro. I'll see you. Bye bye. All right. We're going to try Jonathan next. And I think Lee wants to come up as well. So we're going to do Jonathan and then Lee if he still wants to come up. So. Jonathan, how's it going, man? I think he's still connecting. Yeah, he's still connecting. I think Twitter's bugging because. It's taking a minute for these to connect. Jonathan, are you there? He's still connecting. I don't, does it show on your end that he's like connecting? Yeah, like loading? Yeah. Oh. Let's um I see I hear Lee. <laughs> Lee? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, what's going on, How's it going, Lee? Doing? What's up, Lee? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh yeah, no, Pinkleton is not making this team. Like, no way. And um, yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna be tough, dude. Yeah, no. it's tough. <laughs> he's a, he's a practice squad guy. Like he's he's like they paid Raymond. Like there's no reason to have him on the team. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So the iffy thing, I'm actually excited about that because, like, I think I think like with his like physical stature, like how he's built, like to have him in the box and be guarding tight ends, like that 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 could like pay off big time. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be interesting. Uh, he's obviously got the size to play the position. I think you know if he could be one of those guys, he could be a versatile player. You could play him at safety. I think he he showed good traits at the corners too last year. I mean, very limited time, but I think he could has the traits to play both. And I think him focusing just on the safety position with a thinner group for sure. You know why not? Yeah. I mean, he has I mean, the skill set to be a good safety, I think. And he's an athlete, too. I believe his RAS was a 9-7. Oh, yeah. He's a really yeah. good athlete. Yeah. So he's a great athlete. Yeah. yeah, he definitely has the skill set to play that position. It's just how is he going to adjust to playing the position. I think he's going to adjust well. I mean, like, I, I think this staff could get it out of him, honestly. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's three guys ahead of him. So he, it's not like he has to be, like, pressed into, like, action right away. Like, they can mm-hmm. find spots for him to – uh, uses physicality, so he he's in a good position to learn a new position. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they have, yeah. I I think you're you're correct. I mean, they showed some confidence. I think that they're gonna try to get him out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with the the off season, I mean, they didn't really address the position too much. I mean, yeah, they brought back Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought back. Uh, they brought in Elliot. You know, kind of after the big free agency wave, they drafted Kirby. But after that, I mean, he didn't really have much behind him after that so you know if he if he's gonna have a fair opportunity for sure and when you look at the linebacker position like for me the best case scenario is at at the end of the season if it's if it's board rodriguez and barnes if those are like your three linebackers that you're using for the most part like that would be like a positive outcome like in my book yeah i want to see barnes take that step man um we, we saw it in the preseason last year like he looked really good. Bro, I think he's gonna do it because, like, if you look at like what he how he was playing in college, like it's a big adjustment to go from being a, a linebacker who's more of a pass rusher to a guy yeah. who who's complete. He's becoming like a complete uh, linebacker, and he's still learning. Mm-hmm. So with his like physical abilities and his work ethic, like I would not, and this coaching staff, like I would not be surprised if he takes a step forward. And uh, with Rodriguez, he's just one of those guys that I wouldn't bet against because everywhere he's been, he's outperformed his 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 whatever limitations people have put on him. Mm-hmm, for sure, yeah, no, uh, it's it's a big year for Derek Barnes because I think after the preseason and you know after they cut Jamie Collins, I think they gave him that confidence that like he's going to be a starter, and I just feel like to a certain degree, we even kind of heard it from Dan Campbell a little bit last year, like. He just wasn't playing to the expectation I think they expected. I think they expected a little more out of him last year, especially after they got rid of Jamie Collins. And I, I don't think he really lived up to what they what they were looking for him because, you know, they started Jalen Reese maybe and they were starting Josh Woods over guys like Derek Barnes. So I, I want to see Barnes, you know, like take that next step, you know, like be, a, be a consistent starter, a guy they could rely and count on for sure. The moments he did have, though, like he, he, it was like he had some splash plays. Like he did when he would tackle somebody that would go down immediately. Yeah. Like so, I, I'm looking forward to see because if if we can get if we can get like one or two of these young linebackers to actually perform, like that will like almost like that will be big for our defense because, like you guys said, we have a lot of depth on uh, on the outside. Uh, our defensive lines coming together, so it seems like the weak spot 
the weakest spot would be the linebackers. So if one or two of those guys could step up, like that would be huge. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think with the defensive line too, I mean, we have a lot of young guys too. And we saw, granted it was a different scene, but scheme, but like you see in the NFL, when you have a good defensive line, it opens up everyone for the defense to, you know, get to the quarterback or it just it makes the whole defense a lot better. We saw in 2018 when the Lions acquired snacks and it just made oh, every player yep. around the defense so much better. So if Ali McNeil could just be anything close to what that was for the Lions or Aiden Hutchinson could be a little bit like that impact that you could see, I think it's going to have a trickle effect to everywhere on this defense, and I think that could make everybody's game significantly better. And that goes along with a guy like Derek Barnes, and you mentioned a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez. I think it goes uh, to everybody, and obviously the defensive backs too. Definitely. All right, guys, thanks. Uh, That's all I have for you. Yeah, I'm going to bring up um, Jonathan and then um, uh, Mutu. I believe it's Mutu. I don't know. So let's try Jonathan again. Tom. Can you hear me? Yeah, we could. Finally. All right, so I have two questions. They're along the same lines. Um, what are the three things that will measure the success for the team this year, you think? And what are the three things that will make you feel like Jared Goff can stay as the quarterback for the future of this team that you'll be looking for? So, like, one is health. Um, if you have health, like if you're healthy, you you'll probably be success successful. Two is uh being dominant in the trenches on both sides of the ball. If you control the D line, if you control like uh the running game on both sides of the ball and pressure the quarterback, I think you'll be good in there. And then third, um, good coaching, right? If your coaches are coaching your players well, you also have success. Yeah. Do you agree with those three? Yeah, I would. And to answer the second part of the question of what does Goff have to do to kind of gain the trust, I think, to first the coaching staff and then I think the fan base to kind of have that trust that he could be a quarterback going forward. It's going to be a lot. Um, You know, he's going to have to show, like we said earlier in the show, that he can go duel-to-duel with another quarterback. He could – come back from a 14-0 deficit at the end of the first half. Like, he could make the big throws in the fourth quarter. Um, kind of similar to what you saw in that Vikings game last year, the first game they won last year. Like, you want to see more consistently of that. Could Goff do that? Um, I, and, I, and I think you have to look at wins. Like, he has to win this year. The team has to win games this year. Um, it's one thing if, you know, he's doing everything right and the defense is – allowing you know 30 points on average like if that happens then we'll have that conversation but like I think if golf is doing what he could do I think the defense will play well and I think that will add to win so I think there's going to be a certain amount of wins that they're going to look for to kind of have that expectation of is golf going to be that guy or not I don't know what that number is right now but it just goes on with performances and how the team looks you know just in general could you upgrade um because we've seen, you know, even in L.A., like Goff in 2020, you know, he went to the playoffs with the Rams, won a playoff game, and still was not good enough for them to carry him. And they, they ended up making that decision to move off of him. So I think Goff has to really show that, like, 
I'm the reason why we're winning these games, or I'm one of the reasons why we're winning these games. I'm not just here and, you know, we're winning games. So that's going to be something interesting to, to keep up with for sure. And then I would add one more thing to that. Uh, limit the turnovers. He had, like, some fumbling issues last year with the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, team wins is great. And if we're winning with Goff, I think that obviously strengthens the chances of him being here. But, like, we've seen teams around the NFL, like, if you're not the reason you're winning these games, they're going to move off of you. I mean, San Francisco is doing it right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they just went to the NFC Championship, and Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And is it fair? I, I think it's absolutely fair just because he wasn't the reason why they got there. Like, yes, he was the starting quarterback that got him there, but he wasn't the reason or one of the biggest reasons why they were there. So Goff has to do more than just, like, win games for this team. Like, he has to prove that he could be a guy. And we'll see what happens this year and if, if he can prove that. All right. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming on. Real, real quick before, before you go. Yeah, my me and my friend, we have a statement. There are three types of NFL quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that win you games. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks you win because of. And quarterbacks you win in spite of. And so, like, golf, I, I'm, what we want to see is that we are winning in spite of him, right? Mm-hmm. That he can win some games. And that's the question, and that's what, you know, makes you have a successful quarterback. Because the 49ers will win games in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. We all know that. Like, in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo missing a wide-open receiver, defense will get a stop, they'll get the ball right back, right? So, that's the question I think that Jared Goff has to prove everybody wrong on, ultimately. I have quarterbacks as two things. It's kind of something. You're either a truck or a trailer. Could you carry the team or does the team carry you? Yeah. I mean, like, are you only winning these games because he's only throwing the ball 12 times a game and DeAndre Swift in the run game are just carrying it? Or could he throw the ball 40, 30 times in a game? And I feel confident that he could do that in a game. Right now, I don't feel confident he could do that in a game, like, consistently. Like, if it was come down to a situation, sure. But, like... I'm not confident that Jared Goff is a guy that I think he could win you a game that I could count on him to throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times in a game. It's just I'm not there yet right now with him. So he's got to prove that. All right, John. Thanks for coming on. I'm going to bring up um, uh, Mutawa, and now I'm going to bring up Monte. I hope I pronounced his name wrong. I don't know. Right. Monte's going to give me shit for what I just said about Jared Goff. (laughs) How's it going? Hey, sorry if I mispronounced your name, bro. Are you there? Um, is it? Um, I can't. Mato, what's yeah. it? Yeah, just know. call me Mutu. Hey, what's up? Mutu, what's, what's up? up, man? How you doing? Doing good. How are you guys? Good, man. How you, what's up? I'm just chilling. Uh, what do you guys just take on a uh, D Ford for like D Ford in like a year, like we did with uh, Charles Harris, and see if we can flip him for some comp picks? You know, maybe he gets a bag from another team you know we get some comp picks out of him because i you know i've you know watching the saints and the you know in general they like to uh, rotate d-line a, a lot as well when it's not uh what is it cam hayward not cam hayward i'm sorry what uh cameron cam jordan uh what's the other guy's name marcus davenport they yeah they rotate a lot so i was just wondering which what do you guys take on a uh, d ford well so, Go ahead, Tyler. The thing with D Ford, I don't think he's getting a big bag anytime soon. Um, even if he has a great year, 
statistically with any team. I mean, the guy's 31 years old. Uh, just looking at his game log, he's only played in six games in 21, only played in one game in 2020, uh, played in 11 in 2019. And out of those last three years, he's only started in two games. So if you're bringing him in, it's strictly, I think, a rotational piece, uh, a guy that you could rotate on the defensive line. And if the Lions want to go that way, yeah, I'm down for that because they do have some – Injuries right now to that D-line with Romeo not being 100% healthy right now. Um, Josh Pascal not 100% right now. So if the Lions want to bring him in as a rotational guy to add to the mix, some veteran leadership, sure. But as far as counting on him to have a phenomenal year and he gets a bag somewhere else next year and you get commentary picks for him, I, I think that is like super unrealistic. And I just I don't see that happening. I'd take a chance on him, honestly, as a rotational piece. Shouldn't cost a lot. Yeah. He's willing to come here. I don't know if he wants to come here, but um, if he comes here and is willing to rotate, maybe on third downs, beam in as a like pass, rush, pass rusher, sure. I'm not giving him like six, seven, eight million to start, though. I mean, he's just not that guy anymore. I mean, he was really good in Kansas City for multiple years, but the last three years have been. I've been pretty rough for him, and he's in his 30s now. He's 31 years old. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, when it, back, you know, way back in, like, uh, like a couple of years in Kansas City, and all I, you know, every time he, he would just, for me, he would just, like, pop pop off or, like, flash across the screen because, you know, he's always, he always had a knack for finding the football, you know, from the quarterback. He, he had, like, a, a lot of forced fumbles, too, as well. So, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, maybe we could take a chance on him, too. Yeah, no, I mean, if again, yeah, if they want to take a chance on a guy like D Ford, absolutely, go in, go, 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 get him as a rotational piece. But I, I think the expectation of thinking that there's more to it, I, I just, I just don't think that's there's anything really to it. But yeah, I mean, he was great in 2018. I'm looking at his numbers right now: 13 sacks, at seven forced fumbles, like you mentioned. He was a really good player. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's that guy anymore, honestly, just due to injuries and you know his age right now. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Appreciate All you right. coming on, brother. Yeah, thanks, Mooty. Thanks for coming. I'm gonna bring up Monte, and I'm gonna bring up uh, Zach. So let's bring up Monte. What's up, hey, Monte? What's going on, fellas? How everybody doing? What's up, man? How you doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. As usual, have all the confidence in my man JG16 QB1. Don't don't worry. If you need to throw the ball 35 times, he'll get it done. Uh, I'm more interested in uh, the safety position. Like, where's Kirby and what the uh, and what's that looking like? Because if that defense could be middle of the pack, I think with this offense, uh, Detroit could be looking really good. 10, 10, 11 wins, I see, if the defense is, is anywhere from 15 to 20. Monte, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, th- this is going to put you on the spot. So if you don't know this, don't worry about it because he's not a big – Big guy by any means. But Juju Hughes. So he's been a guy that's been in the Rams organization for the last couple of years. He's now with the Lions. Do you got anything on him? Do you even know who this guy uh, is? He's a two-pick guy. Last time when they were doing um, hard knocks, he, he plays with a two-pick in his mouth. Yep, I remember um, that. So, um, draw um, at the safety position, but he didn't really get enough reps for me to – to tell you um, to judge yeah, on him. to judge on him. He played a couple of preseason games. He made a play. He missed a play. So I think he's he's raw. But um, you know, Holmes always finds those undrafted guys. So if Holmes 
you know, brung him in, then he must see something in him. So, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. And just to go on to your question about the safeties, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting room right now. Like, they brought back Tracy Walker, they gave him a pretty good contract. So, he's obviously going to be a starter for the next couple of years. And then, um, yeah, like you mentioned, they drafted Kirby Joseph in the third round. They brought in Deshaun Elliott from uh, Baltimore. I think the expectation for most Lions fans are that you're going to have a safety duo of Walker and Elliott start off the season. And then, you know, maybe at some point during that year or the season, uh, you could expect to maybe see a guy like Kirby Joseph or a Fatima Lafanu, who is now transitioning to safety. Maybe one of those guys could eventually start because Elliott's only on a one year deal. Yeah. So I don't know how much, you know, long term security that they really see with him. Is he just a placeholder right now? Um, I mean, he's a young player. Yeah. Uh, he's dealt with injuries, yeah. so Ray you know, it, it is really an interesting group. Um, yeah, no, it's, he's a good player. Just injuries, he's a good player. just injuries. Yeah. Injuries have killed yeah. him. So, I'm looking at that. when they lost, when they lost Earl Thomas, he was like the guy who stepped up, but unfortunately, he he got hurt. Yeah, I believe it was him, and um, I forgot the other safety's name. Yeah. Uh, Clark. Okay. Yeah, Clark. Clark? Clark? I forgot. Whatever. But, the, the point on Deshaun Elliott, he's a talented football player. Just he just, just hasn't been on the football field. Which um, I think he's going to get the opportunity, every opportunity to be that guy at start. I think going into the season, and if he can prove they could be healthy and have a good year, then you know maybe he gets another contract if that's with the Lions or with another team in twenty three. Mm-hmm. And do we think Cephas can? Um... Unseat Josh Reynolds as that third wide receiver to Jameson gets back. It's um, possible. It'll be interesting, but I personally don't see it. Yeah, I think it's Reynolds' job right now. I really do. I think going into the season, I'm expecting. Obviously, the, this could change, but right now, I'm expecting uh, it to be something of Amon Rossi Brown, DJ Chark, and Josh Reynolds as your starting wide receivers going until week one. Yeah. All right, guy. I think I, I think Josh was just really good for this football team towards the end of the year. Um, had a really good connection with golf, so that, that's just my expectation. Yeah, yeah. He's a like, like when, he's, when he's in LA. I was a little disappointed. He he's a professional wide receiver. Like he's not. He's a good blocker. He's going to be where he's supposed to be. But you know, he could be shut down by a good, a really good corner. So, but you know, he'll beat up on a, a third or fourth. Um, cornerback. So, yeah, I mean that's really all they're going to be asking out of him. I think as long as they got Amon Ross St. Brown and and uh, DJ Chark, I mean those are going to be your your main guys. And I think you know then you're going to have Josh Reynolds be wide receiver three most likely. Yeah. So yeah. All right, Monte, appreciate you coming on. Nice talking to you, brother. All right, bro. All right next up is Zach. This might be the last one, guys, because we're almost approaching that hour point. But if you guys got any requests, we're still in time. We'll we'll take you guys. What's up, Zach? Hey, guys, what's going on? How you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm doing great. Another day closer to hard knocks. That's what I. That's what excites me. All this, yes, all this coverage, all this stuff with Campbell. It just excites me with what's going on uh, right now. I like what you guys are saying though on Reynolds. Just real quick. Just imagine if we had him for the whole year last year. You know what that would have been like for the season. Had he have not signed with Tennessee, who knows what would have happened. Uh, but I just got a couple questions for you guys. The biggest concern for me on this team, I still look at the linebacking unit. And I, and I think that is still 
a big guarantee. When I look at a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, how much do you think he'll have that kind of situation like they did with Derek Barnes last year? You know, Barnes didn't start right away, but as we would see later in the year, okay, he got that opportunity to start. How much could we see of that with a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez? Um, it's possible because Calvin Shepard, the linebackers coach, I believe he was on Tim Twenty's podcast, he praised him for his like football IQ and how hard he works and always asking questions. So it's possible we could see him starting, but then again, you also have the expectation that hopefully Derek Barnes could get going. He was a fourth round pick last year and they loved him. Um, you brung in board, you you brung back Anzalone. So I think maybe they'll kind of take it slow with him. But if he's too good not to play, they'll throw him out there. Yeah, like, they're not scared to play young guys. We saw that last year. Absolutely, no. I, I, getting hurt, and they were just playing their young guys. They weren't bringing in free agents. I think the the difference between this situation with Barnes and, and Rodriguez is that I think Barnes had a thinner room last year. Even though this room is very questionable, and I, I don't think you really have like a guy right now that like is a guaranteed starter, maybe outside of Anzalone. Um, I just think after Jamie Collins was released by this team last year. It was Derek Barnes' job. There wasn't really another guy, I think, pushing him for that spot. With right. Malcolm Rodriguez, you know, you have Derek Barnes. You have, like Peter said, Chris Board. They brought back – or, you know, they brought in slash brought back Jared Davis. So, like, you have more guys, I think, this time around. Um, so, I, th- I think, like Peter was hinting towards, I, I agree with, is that I think they're going to take it slow, start them off on special teams – and like you, like you said, I mean, if the guy's balling out and he's clearly better than these other guys, I don't think Dan Campbell or Aaron Glenn will have any problems starting a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez if, if he's playing well. They don't care what number the guy's wearing. They're going to go with the best players available, and that's something I really love about this staff. They're not going to just go with the guy who makes the most money or the guy that was drafted the highest. They're going to put, they're going to put the best football players in their opinion. So, or the guys that had the previous connections with just one team in particular and one franchise. And okay, that's the guy we're going to go pick and start. Like you guys said with Jamie Collins, all these other guys, it was like, okay, it was kind of just droll. And it was like, God, like I can't watch this right now. Like Collins couldn't do shit. Like, we're like, oh, we got him. But it's like, no, the guy couldn't do shit. Trey Flowers, you overpay for a guy like that. And what could Trey Flowers do? I mean, when he was out there, he had minimal – there wasn't a whole lot of impact. The guy was hurt too much. They paid him like he's a top nine – like he's a top ten pass rusher. When in all actuality, he's more of a system guy. And I think that's the thing that scared me with him. So, that's what I look at there. Now, obviously, people are talking about J-Mo. Obviously, it's good that we've stacked the receiver room up right now to where I love how Brad said it and when he got drafted. Your focus is just come in here and get healthy. You know, because if we could get Jamison Williams by the middle of the season, man, that's going to be huge for us, especially when you start to get in those games late in the year. Let's talk about the guy, though, that got drafted number two. Let's talk Aiden Hutchinson. This team was 30th in sacks a year ago, Okay. You have a guy like Charles Harris coming back, well-deserved as far as him getting a contract extension is concerned. You have Romeo Acor coming back off injury, but is he going to be 100% come week one? I, I don't know. doesn't look like it right now. Question is, 
and this, and I know you'll say, well, there's there will be an impact right there. Is Hutch one of those guys that, when we look back at this year, can he be one of those guys that can take over a game? Because let me just state this fact and why you know I think he can win Defensive Player of the Year. Everybody talks about all the talent from the SEC, but guys, look at the last three Defensive Rookie of the Years and look where they came from. 2019, Nick Bosa. Where'd he go? Ohio State. I was 2020, Chase Young. Where'd he go? Ohio State. 2021, Micah Parsons. Where'd he go? Penn State. The last three defensive rookie of the years have come out of the Big Ten. So it shouldn't surprise me if Hutch is a guy that's up there. But the question for me is this. Is he a guy that, yeah, with Todd Wash being in there, with all these guys in there, is he one of those guys that we'll see late in the season, you know, in those divisional games where I'm going on Twitter and it's almost everybody saying 97, that dude's a different, he's different. Like that dude is a specimen or like, like what it was like that game, Micah Parsons, you remember had last year against Washington where he's just lighting them up and we're yep. just, yeah. Or Max Crosby versus the Chargers last year. That's yeah. one of, uh, you, know, you know, one of those games. That's the hope. I mean, you drafted this guy number two overall. That is dope. I mean, you hope that could be for it, and I think he could be. I think that's the reason why they took him. Um, I, I loved Hutchinson as a prospect. Mm-hmm. And to, just to go along with your Big Ten argument, not that I really care about where these guys went to school, but just to add to it because it, it makes it even stronger, TJ Watt, arguably the best defensive player in football right now, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. guy. Also, yes. Yeah, another Big Ten guy. So uh, right. that just strengthens your point a little bit more. But, no, I, I, I do think Hutchinson is going to – like. If you get one of those elite edge rushers, a guy that can consistently get in the backfield, it makes the whole defense so much better. It makes the guys alongside him better. Um, and and I, I really, truly believe that Hutchins is going to be that guy for this team. You and know, then, maybe not rookie year, but eventually he's going to be that guy for this team. And to add with Hutch, like a lot of people forget, he's a great run defender. The Lions were bad at defending the run last year as well. Um, right. he, he could defend the run. He could rest the passer. And Aaron Glenn actually on Adam Schefter's podcast said, like, he's he's kind of, like, impressed him more than he thought he could. Like, he's sort of exceeded their expectations already just with what he's done. Obviously, he hasn't played yet, but he said he was surprised by his athleticism uh, in camp and in these practices. Yeah, and, and look, I'll say this as a Michigan State fan. I was – I wanted the guy on the team. As soon as I saw what he did against Ohio State, I'm like, I don't know what we have to do. But please, God, put 97 in a Lions uniform because that guy will take over a game. When I saw him do that, I'm like, this guy needs to go to the Lions. This guy fits what we are about, what this culture is about. And I think it makes a lot of sense with him. I got one more question, and then I'll let you guys go. And here it is. When we look at this schedule, what which game do you guys think will be that Cardinals game? Here's what I mean by it. You're going into it. Ah, nobody's going to give us a chance. There's all this. And then all of a sudden you blink and it's like, did we just really decimate a team that's going to the playoffs? Like, which game is that for you guys? Because I I don't think it's going to be the Buffalo game. I, I think the Bills are too strong, too dominant. I, I can't see it be that game. Which game do you guys think would be that kind of game? I got one. I got one, and I think they have a chance in. I'm not going to necessarily talk it up as a win just because we're so far away from the season and a lot of things could change. But I'll give you one game. It's towards the middle, earliest point in the season. It's week seven in Dallas. You're playing in Dallas. There's no shot anybody's giving Detroit a chance in this game. There's no shot anybody's giving a shot uh, Detroit to win this game. 
it's going to be a game where people are going to look at Dallas as they might be cold. They might be, you know, playing 500 ball. They might even be playing well. Regardless of what Dallas is doing, nobody's giving Detroit a shot in this game. It's either going to be a pickup game for Dallas where this is a, like a good team morale win. You know, let's win this game and we get back on our schedule if they're struggling. If they're playing 500 ball, they'll be the same thing. If they're playing well, this is a team that should just run over in Detroit. So I, I look at week seven. Maybe that's a game where it's just one of those weird ones like, man, Detroit won that game? Detroit won that game? Yeah. He took mine. It, it was Dallas also. Ooh, that's a good one there. I think I'll throw a quick one out there because I think nobody's talking about it. To me, I know that and, – and I know they had missed out on it last year, but think about Miami. And I get that McDaniels coming in there, you know, and everybody's talking about, was Tua going to be fixed or whatever? Let's still look at that Miami team. They've got weapons. Waddle's a guy that can catch. You saw what he did his rookie year. Gusecki's a really good tight end. That defense, they got some pieces. They're sneaky. Yeah, they're sneaky defense. You, when you got a guy like Xavier Howard on the back end, when you can look at what they do in their front seven, I mean, they still could get after it. For them to still retain that defensive staff, I think, was a big deal. But, you know, I think to me that Miami team, like I said, it's a scary group. And – it's a shame that they couldn't go to the playoffs under Flores because I felt like he would have, of the guys that have come out of that Belichick coaching tree, he would have been the guy that would have been a great story because he did it. He didn't do it the full Belichick way. He didn't, not like what Patricia was trying to do, not like these other guys. It was, he took parts of it, but he brought his own mentality. Like, this is how we're going to do it. Like, this is the way it's going to be built. And I really think Miami can get there. But now with McDaniel, it's can you tap into that potential? And maybe there is that opportunity we get that shot. I think it, it should be really interesting on that. So, But I, I appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk. Thank you very much. Thanks, Zach. Have a good night, brother. Hey, thanks, guys. You have a good one. Thanks for coming on, Zach. Um, real quick, we'll, there's two more speakers. You guys can make it fast. After that, we got to go. It's Craig and then Trent. Okay, let's do it. Thanks, guys. You guys made this a good night. Uh, good crowd. What's up, Greg? Hey, guys. Um, What's up, Greg? Lifetime Lions fan. I'm 66, so I've been around a while. Fantasy guy, more than anything. What I'd like to know, um, I watched all of Hutchinson's games last year, and Ojabo, and and, De- and they just had a really good team, Michigan did. My question for the Lions is, had have you guys heard anything about the UDFAs, the undrafted free agents? Anybody um, really standing out? And what kind of role do you expect for DJ Chark this year? Um, regarding the roles with undrafted, like training camp just getting started, so we haven't had much about on that yet. It's just like Cleo Pendleton has like made some plays here and there at wide receiver, but there hasn't been much like to report on that. And then – what was the other question? Um, DJ Chark, what do you see as his role? Um, start outside receiver. He's going to be your deep threat that you didn't have last year, right? Uh, use him on maybe some end rounds. Use him on nine routes. Use his speed. The Lions need speed. They didn't have speed last year. They added some speed. Okay, so um, St. Brown will be the slot guy. Yeah, I think right now, like the starters, we quantified to guess, like if they're healthy, it's going to be Reynolds and Chark on the outside with St. Brown playing the slot. Yeah. And when Jameson's healthy? 
Um, Reynolds goes Reynolds to the bench. Reynolds. I mean, I want to say the bench necessarily because you could you could still have like four receiver sets, but yeah. But yeah, how yeah, many four receiver lot, sets less. are you going to no, have? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot less snaps for Reynolds for sure. Yeah, because maybe he, like they slowly bring in JMO though. They don't just throw him in right away. Right, he's like, got to get like, over the injury, but yeah. and he's got to work up his chemistry with Goff too, which without a real off season, that's going to be yeah. tough. I, th- I think with Amon Ross St. Brown that we saw towards the end of the year, I think we could expect a little more. And I know you said you're a fantasy guy. Um, you remember the Debo Samuel effect? Like they used him at running back last year towards the end of the year too. Like the, in that running back formation, they use him a little bit of everywhere. I think we could see that a little bit with Amon Ross St. Brown, get a little creative with him and, and just use him in a bunch of different looks. You could line him up in the backfield, even give him some handoffs here and there. Uh, put him in the slot, put him on the outside. I think they're going to do a lot of creative things with Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think he's strictly a slot receiver or strictly an outside receiver. I think they're going to do a lot of different things with him. He surprised me because he's like 6'1", 6'2", and that's big for a slot guy. Slot guys are usually the shorter receivers. Sure. So that kind of surprised me seeing that. Um, Okay, Hawkinson, everybody talks about him in fantasy circles. Like he's a second tier guy. I mean, the first tier just being two guys, Andrews and and Kelsey, and then uh, four or five guys like Waller and Kittles and Hawkinson's right at the end of that list. I just haven't seen the numbers. Is that because of golf or because of Hawkinson's just not that good of a receiver? Um, I don't think Hawkinson. Hawkinson's a good receiver, right? I think maybe it's a little of golf and maybe a little of his health, right? And I think also when. You have like only St. Brown and Hawkinson. Teams can shift coverage to Hawk, right? Like when you didn't have a lot of receivers last year, teams focused on Hawk when he was on the field. That's why he wasn't as productive. Okay. He was an option, and you you could take him out when you don't have no one else. Like double Hawk, and no one cares about Perriman or whoever was on the roster last year. Uh, Rashad Perriman, I forgot all about that guy last year. <laughs> He's with the Buccaneers now. But, like, but I'm just trying to say, like, Tyrell Williams got hurt. Uh, they had Trinity Benson starting, and Benson wasn't that good. Quintess Cephas got hurt. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to focus on one guy. Dude, Pierre, I was trying to think about who the other receiver we signed last year for, like, a good 20 minutes, like, last week. I remember Tyrell Williams. I'm like, who was the other guy? You just said it right now. Brashad Perriman. Wow, that's a name, dude. He didn't make the team. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, Sorry. Uh, like they had no names at wide receiver, basically. Sorry, sorry, that just caught me off guard. I forgot he even played for the Lions. But so uh, you guys, you guys have watched Goff, though, right? What about Goff? Well, that's just it. Stafford, I've watched for years. And I've always considered him a top tier ever since he came back in after separating his shoulders to win that game. You remember that game five, six years ago? Yes. The guy, if they hadn't called the timeout, he couldn't have got back on the field. But the other team called a timeout. He goes back on the field. Tough guy. So I've always respected him for Detroit to give him up for Jared Goff. What else did they get in that trade? Well, they had to get draft picks. Right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just Jared Goff. They got hey, uh, two first round picks additional with that, which as of right now, those picks have been, they got next year's first. But those picks that they've used so far in the Stafford build, they've gone Goff. Jamison Williams, which we'll see this year at some point, mm-hmm. probably. Malifano, right? And Malifano, yep. So, and, and then we'll have that another pick next year. Okay, so I know Jamison Williams is supposed to be really good and everything, 
but he is coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. And I watched Johan Dotson just destroy Michigan's DBs. I mean, he was the only thing Penn State had that could do anything against Michigan. Anybody with me that think that Detroit maybe should have taken Dotson? No. You think no. Williams is that no. much better? I, I think, think the dog, man. I think Williams is arguably the best receiver in this class. I mean, I like Garrett Wilson a lot too from Ohio State. You should be familiar with him being you know Michigan fan. Um, Williams couldn't get on that Ohio State field. That's why he transferred. You're right. <laughs> I mean, Maybe both Olave and Wilson. I mean, but Burrow, than... Burrow couldn't see the field in Ohio State either. I mean, we see that a lot in college football. Sometimes guys just don't get the opportunity. And, you know, they go to different schools and they thrive. And I think JMO is in that category. Okay. It, it just surprised me because Dotson, I mean, if you follow the Big Ten, you know he's a good quality receiver. He is. I, yeah. I, I think Washington is going to be – and he's going to be playing from day one. You know, when you look at Dotson, though, Dotson and Amin Rossin Brown are like similar, like skill set type of players, right? I think the Lions wanted a guy who could take over a game, um, like number one receiver type of guy. He, like Jameson Williams has to be like a Tyreek Hill type of player. Okay. So do you think they took him because Wilson and Olave were already gone? No, nah, Brad Holmes said he was their number one guy. No, oh, if you okay. if you watch the Inside the Den episode, you could tell that Chris Olave was not their guy. They were super stoked when Olave was gone uh, to the Saints pick and that Jamison Williams fell to, fell to them. So I, I really do believe that if they had the option of taking any receiver in the draft, if everyone was available, I, I still think it would have been Jamison Williams. Because the Lions are playing a long-term game. They're not playing just for one for, for this year. Like I know you mentioned that Dots is going to play day one. He's going to contribute day one. They're not playing for just this year, you know. They're looking for the long term. Who's going to be the best guy overall? And I think they believe that's going to be Jamison Williams. And I tend to agree with them, honestly. Well, I've been in a lot of spaces this last two months, and I got to tell you, everybody seems to think the Lions are going to the playoffs this year. You guys had the most realistic estimate I've heard: six, seven wins. I think that's. You know, they're coming from a three-win season. So six yeah. or seven wins is good improvement yeah. and move in the right direction. I just don't see Goff as a quarterback. The problem is if Goff fails this year, you know they're going to take a quarterback next year because it's a quarterback-heavy class. Right. Well, that's another two to three years before the quarterback's ready to lead you. Not necessarily. Um, the Lions, like, normally when, like, quarterbacks get drafted high, they're, the O-line isn't in place. The receivers aren't there. The Lions have that in place right now. Like, St. Brown's going to be here next year. They have one of the best O-lines. That O-line isn't going anywhere. They're all under contract. Um, J-Mo is going to be here next year. I believe Hawkinson is going to be on his fifth-year option next year or extended, right? Yeah. So they have all the pieces in place to be successful in offense. The running was... game is there. Yeah. How I'll... is the running game? I haven't. I thought when Swift came out, he was going to be, you know, Barry, Barry Redux. I just thought he was going to be all that and then a, a little bit more. But I, I don't know if it's been injuries or what, but he just hasn't seemed to be the guy yet. I mean, I don't think he's Barry Sanders. I don't think he'll ever be Barry Sanders, first of all. But, yes, DeAndre Swift has dealt with the injury bug and – um yeah, like I, I agree with that. Like he's shown his moments, but it hasn't been enough. I mean, I don't, last year he was pretty good before the injury, so it's tough. Uh, and then he got hurt. 
he was more good than bad, I would say for sure. But yeah, you definitely want to see him be more consistent. And I think in today's league with running backs is that you don't necessarily need one guy. If you could just have a group of guys or do what San Francisco does, they don't give a shit about who's injured, who's out the field. They're going to make the running game work regardless. And I think the Lions did that last year. They didn't really matter who was on the field. If it was Swift, it was Jamal Williams, Craig Reynolds we saw, even Godwin Ikebuke at times, Jamar Jefferson. We saw all those guys have some moments. And the Lions had a pretty steady run game all year last year. So uh, I, I don't think it necessarily has to just be Swift, even though they, I think, will expect him to be the lead guy of the running back group. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, Derrick Henry last year, amazing for eight weeks. Then he's done. But if you look at the Tennessee running game after Derrick Henry went out, same number of carries, same number of yards, half the touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns instead of 10. The problem is it was four guys. So from a fantasy perspective, who do you plug in? Yeah, you from, just yeah, you just a, can't. Yeah. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, yeah, when you got rooms like San Francisco and I think what Detroit's going to end up being, that's when it gets tough because I don't think there's necessarily a guy because I think they're just a group of guys that they count on instead of just a necessarily one guy. Okay. So it's not like a Cleveland situation where if Chubb goes down, you know it's going to be Hunt. Mm-hmm. If Hunt yeah. goes down, you know it's going to be Chubb. Or like Minnesota with Delvin Cook, like Madison's going to be the guy. Like, yeah, no, right. it, it's a group of guys. It's just whoever's the hot hand, basically. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to listen now. Okay. Appreciate Thanks, Greg. It. All right. We're going to bring up one more uh, uh, request, this trend, and then after that, we're going to end it. What's up, Trent? Trent, you there? Wait. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay, you each got $100. Are you taking the over or under six wins at the sports book for the Lions? Thank you. So over or under six and a half? I think it's at six right now. But, yeah, six and a half, same thing, basically. Over. I'll take I'll take the over. It's close. But I'll take nice. The over. I think I'm doing that think... same thing. Great great to hear from you guys. Thank you. Did, did you just place the bet right now, Trent? Uh, I actually did last weekend. Oh, okay. So you didn't even wait for it. No, you I were just, just going to do this regardless. Absolutely. Go Lions. <laughs> you you just want some extra security. You want an extra opinions. That yep, yep, there we like... go. Back, give a little bit of my backup cred. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Trent. I appreciate. It. I, I respect it. I respect it. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll head you. I'll, maybe I'll join you. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, Trent. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Take it easy. Okay, that was simple. Trent asked if six and a half over under. It, it's close. I, I think it really is going to be close. By I really do think this team is going to win seven games this year. I really do. I do. Okay, Pierre. Is that it? That's it. Okay, guys. Thank you, guys, so much for. All joining. We did a little updates on training camp. And I will, I think me and Pierre at some point will be there at, at least one or two of these training camps next week for when they open for the public. So you could definitely look out for some updates from us. We're going to go off with some beat writers we're talking about when we're not there. So definitely, you know, stay in tune. This is an exciting time, dude. I love this time of year when it's like training camp. We're getting to the prison football, all the competition. I love this time of year. Hard knocks is here in Detroit, too. It's going to make it even extra special. Yeah, and with that being said, guys, I'm out. Hope you guys are all enjoying your summer. Football's finally back.
Peace. All right, guys. Have a good night.